we do some shrooms on today. <laughs> on the- <laughs> You know what? We're just going to leave that as is because that p- came to me right, <laughs> right as right as I was about to do it. Buddy, how are you today? <laughs> well, I'm better now that we're on shrooms. <laughs> Let me explain for the listeners who think we're high. We're not. Uh, we interview the one and only legendary R&B soul singer, Aloe Black, he was the mushroom, spoiler alert, on The Masked Singer, but not spoiler alert, we have the internet. You find out the day after if you don't watch it. He was the, and he made, and he he came in, he made the top three, I think he was the runner-up, he was either top two or three. His voice is amazing. And that's what I love about the show, uh, The Masked Singer. I know you watch it sporadically when you realize there's an artist on there that Mm -hmm. you like. But for me, what I love about it is it takes these artists, and we're journalists, so we play a part in in this machine that helps to brand artists, right? right? Artists are in a particular box. The winner, who was the son, it's Leanne Rimes, um, and she has had a lot of trouble shedding this image of this, like, bratty, angsty, blonde-haired, girl-next-door teenager Mm -hmm. Um, in her recent work, but she had the most magical, endearing, chill-inspiring, awe-inspiring voice out of anybody in that group this year. Oh, yeah? And it was Leanne Rimes, whom I think the general public would have never expected. And it's the same with Aloe Black. Everybody knows I Need a Dollar. Uh, Everybody knows Wake Me Up. It's just those songs are in our culture. They're on the radio. They're played in stores. But as we talk about in this interview, not a lot of people know Aloe Black. And I know on the surface, Masked Singer can seem hokey. But the reason I love that show is because it does that for artists. And, and, you know, you talk about artists who one-hit wonders or people whose fame has faded. Okay? Like Rumor Willis. She's a very well-known actor. Bruce Willis's daughter. She went on that show. Nobody knew she could sing like that. And she sang her little butt off, okay? It it really is, it, it, the anonymity of it lets artists rebrand in a way that I think is just, and reset in a way that I think is phenomenal. I mean, the first ever winner of that show was T-Pain, the creator of, the popularizer of Autotune, <laughs> who had his career kind of pulled out from under him when they found out he was using this this tool in a way that the industry at the time didn't accept. Now everybody now everybody uses right. autotune. But he was the sacrificial lamb for autotune. So Masked Singer, I love the show. I'm going to shut up now. Uh what did you think? You started watching it around the time that Brett Michaels was on it. What do you think of the show? I just uh watched the clips, honestly. When I first heard about it, I'm like, this is stupid. What is this? This is ridiculous. And then um, I found out, yeah, Brett Michaels was the banana. And I kind of started figuring out, oh, this is how it works. Like, I I was kind of a snob to it. I I didn't understand it. But once I realized how it works, it's like, oh, I get it. It, It's actually kind of neat because you have to guess who they are. Now, I don't understand how the first moment Brett opened his mouth, they didn't know it was him. But, you know, I guess it's part of the game. But uh, it's still... uh, Seems like a pretty cool uh, show, and uh, Aloe was number two to Leanne this season. So uh, congrats to him, and of course, congrats to her. 
Love it. Well, here's our interview with Aloe Black. Aloe Black, Happy New Year. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Happy New Year to you. Well, I have to say, love your music. You kept everyone guessing to the very end on The Masked Singer. I want to jump in and start right away talking about that. How was that opportunity presented to you by your management? And what was your first thought when, uh, when they said, uh, hey, want to do, want to do this show? Because by then, I'm sure it was a hit, uh, and it was the bonafide hit that it is. So what was that process for you of, of joining the show? Oh, wow. Well, I had been asked before to do an overseas um, version of The Masked Singer, but it requires, you know, being away from the family for a long time. So I, I opted out and thought, well, if the opportunity ever comes back, I definitely will consider it. And it did. And it came back during the pandemic, which um, I think was the unfortunate and fortunate opportune time um, because I wasn't going to be traveling around the world or busy working. And, and they were right in my backyard in L.A. to to do the filming and I told my manager that I'd certainly like to consider and, and would like to do it. Um, and the experience was, was really great. I'm, I'm grateful for having had the opportunity. Now I, I had heard in another interview, you actually were able to keep it from your kids, but not your wife. How hard is that to keep it literally from everybody? Yeah, it was really hard to keep it from everybody. Um, <clears throat> even my, uh, immediate team of, mm. of, of people. We had to put codes in. My manager and I had to put codes into the calendar in order to keep it secret. And I think it worked. It worked all the way up until the very last week. We were talking with uh, your assistant, Samantha, before, the, before you got on the line here, and she said she didn't even know when she manages your calendar. So your team did really, really <laughs> well. Those that knew. <laughs> so... Uh, the the mushroom. I think you were the first. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there might have been one other. I think you were the first guy to choose a costume that just to look at was was a little feminine. You you think there's a girl under there until you start singing, and obviously it was a, a gentleman under there. What drew you to the mushroom? Yeah, I wanted to do something that did not look like it was a masculine costume. I wanted to try to fool everybody as long as I could. Um, and I try to do that with the costume and my voice and, and the movement. And I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. One thing you said in a clue package, and this is, this is what I've been dying to ask you. You talk about, cause your songs are so well known. I mean, you, you, your music was a big part of my childhood growing up on the radio. Um, everything, you're just everywhere. But you said something that was quite astute. People know your music, but they might not necessarily know your name how how has that made you feel as an artist and how has that perception maybe changed since doing the masked singer you know i've i've come to terms with being someone whose voice precedes them and whose songs precede them i I sort of like it that way it helps to give me anonymity in life um when i'm out with my family at a park or in a public setting I don't have to worry about people bothering me in the way that they would a uh, superstar celebrity. So, um, and, and I still reap all the benefits, you know, of, of having um, the, the access to all the things I want to have access to um, with, with no restriction. And I think 
you know, the only downside for me is as an activist, I'd like to use my celebrity in ways that can um, be much more uh, visible and, and magnify the causes that I stand, stand for. Um, so, you know, I think that's only the only place where uh, sort of playing this reserved role as an artist, um, it doesn't help. But otherwise, you know, I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like my anonymity. Yeah, yeah. And, and in this world of uh, everything at your fingertips, it's definitely uh, warranted when you're a, a star. Yeah, I, I still get to enjoy having uh, the invitations to the award shows and performing on television and, um, you know, special gift packages from from companies and things like that and, and having friendships with celebrities. I just don't have all the headache and hassle that comes along with it. Yeah, totally. And I had one more question regarding the uh, mass Singer. How did that uh, feel? I, I heard they did not record with an audience in the middle of the pandemic, but they kind of edited that in. Did that have any uh, any effect on your performance? Um, you know, I guess the effect on my performance was that I just wanted to I wanted to play the game. I wanted to play the game in a real um, competitive way so that I could make it to as many episodes as possible. I thought that if I sang with my very well-known uh, folk soul vocal, that the panelists would figure out who I am right away, and so would the home audience. And um, mm -hmm. I would only get to sing maybe two songs, and then I'd be found out and probably voted off the show. But I figured if I chose female power ballads, so I could use my voice in a different way, but I could mask not just my face, but my voice as well. Yeah. Was there a process of learning those songs, or were those songs you already had in your repertoire and just had had no no real opportunity to use them? I certainly had to learn the songs. I was a fan of, of the artists who have popularized or sang the songs, but mm -hmm. I certainly had to, to learn a lot of them. I had already done Valerie uh, at one point, so I'd learned that one, and I certainly have already done the Stevie Wonder songs, but Cher and the Katy Perry um, uh, were songs that I had to learn. Mm. Great. Now, let's talk about your music and your career uh, outside of The Masked Singer. What uh, what have you been working on during this pandemic? How ha And what other ways have you been taking this time to uh, be creative? I know we all have been at home and have been trying to make the best use of this time. What else have you been doing during this mostly stay-at-home period that we've been in? I released an album late last year, uh, and mm -hmm. it's been... Um, tough doing the promo for it because you know, not not able to fly around and go to different countries and different cities and different states to share the music live with my band. So in the meanwhile, I'm just writing, writing songs, uh, creating new ideas and themes for um, television shows and TV commercials and films. Um, and and also putting together some projects that I put on the back burner 
you know, rewriting children's songs and, and content, uh, putting together a book now with an um, mm. illustrator for, for that I, a story that I wrote for my kids. Um, and I'm hoping to have that done in the next couple of months and available for, for people to purchase through my, my website. And, um, I want to get into some of the ideas that I have around fashion and some of the ideas I have around technology. These are the kinds of things I'm interested in right now, um, as well as writing songs, continuing to write music. Yeah, and as you continue to write music, uh, and, and we know you just released uh, the album, uh, do you have plans to maybe release another album? I know a lot of people have just been constantly re- writing and recording during the Yeah, downtime. absolutely. There's a lot of music that is written and a lot of music that is ready and recorded, ready to go. I just uh, have to complete what we call you know, the album cycle for this particular album. Mm-hmm. Has the... Now you say there were challenges. Has the pandemic delayed that cycle? And will you tour? I love that we get to say this that now. This year, if things open back up, will you tour this year uh, as things kind of come back to normal? Yeah, if things open back up, I certainly will tour this year. Um, I I feel like um, I, the, this pandemic potentially could have delayed my album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had we had scheduled an album release for summer, but then we decided to release more singles in advance of the album and then push the album back to the fall. I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily that the pandemic delayed it, and I wouldn't allow this pandemic or any other um, kind of um, anything else to delay future music. You know, you, you have no con no kind of way predicting when these kind of things are going to be over. You just have to continue to live and to share. Um, and I think it's better to, to share because I've got so much to share. Otherwise, we'd be waiting we'd be waiting too long. There's, there's a whole runway full of music that has to come out. Right. And I think now's the best time ever to release it. It gives people something to uh, look forward to and something to kind of keep them busy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what uh, when when touring does start back, what what do you think that's going to be like for you? Do you think things are going to to change on that aspect, or do you think it might just be a full blown schedule and hoping everybody can be one again? I'm hoping everybody can be one again. I'm hoping that there are new protocols. I know the film industry and the television industry have worked out protocols around how to get people into buildings and gathering and doing work. So I'm hoping we can do the same thing for for music. Here's a question. Did you learn, I'm just thinking of this now, did you learn anything from filming The Masked Singer? I know you guys were tested frequently and and the bubble was intact. Did you learn anything from that production that you think that live venues or maybe artists could implement at their concerts? Um, You know, it definitely comes down to the record regular uh, testing that we did for the show, um, the very very uh, strong uh, system of of safety around number of people in rooms and um, masks being worn to cover mouth and nose and face uh, visors. 
it's all the same stuff that that you expect uh, mm-hmm. to be part of the safety protocols. And I think all of that can work. But for concerts, I think it's going to require as well maybe something like you know potentially uh, an area that is outdoors for people who want to um, drink and, and eat so that indoors everybody's always on the mess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and and I know they're they're projecting late twenty twenty one, but you know, we're we're based you and I are based uh, basically I'm in Bakersfield. I know you're in LA and cases are just crazy. I uh, it's hard to imagine September or October, you know, being back as one at concerts again. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to something happening this, uh, hopefully by the end of this year. I'm hopeful for the summer, really. Yeah, I see Australia is working really well um, in terms of getting our numbers out and being able to have public events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Australia and New Zealand did it right, um, uh, but uh, you know, I hope we we find something that gets us through this hopefully last stretch of this tunnel. Talk about uh, a little bit more about this new album that came out last year. What are you most proud of about this recent project? You know, it's the message: sharing, love, being connected. Um, that's the kind of music that I want to make and I want to deliver and I want for people to feel as, as though my songs can lift them out of despair and be mm-hmm. a soundtrack to them living their best lives. And I feel like this album does that. That's good. Yeah, and this country is so undivided right now. What is one uh, song on that album perhaps if there is one song that you could uh, share with them to listen to, to kind of uh, portray that message of unity. I feel like the song that best does that is um, Harvard because it, it tells a story of the connection between two perfect strangers. And the connection is that we, we want what is best for our families. We want to provide them with, with love and protection and shelter. We have, some worries, um, but despite those worries, we're we're still going to do our best to provide for them. And although my life is completely different from this character that I meet in the park, um, we're so similar in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this that is that is profound, and and. I, I have to listen to it. What's the name of the album, if you don't mind my asking? The name of the album is All Love Everything. All Love Everything. That's perfect. That's what we need. We need, and that's what I loved about when you talked to Nick Cannon, and I assume they talked to you a little bit longer than what gets edited into the final show. You talked about how it was a spiritual and loving experience at The Masked Singer, and I think it it ties everything in. So, what is one hopeful thing that you took away from this new experience and this newfound, I hope, interest in your 
old music and your new music from this appearance from that appearance what's one thing one positive thing to end this on that you took away from this whole experience in 2020 with doing the mass singer you know when i went on the mass singer i thought oh i'm gonna be behind the mask i can kind of just phone in these songs i don't have to really perform you know as as if i was on stage doing my own concert and what i learned was that there's no phoning it in. You have to perform at 110% no matter what in any circumstance. Um, even though it's a show and it's not a real competition, you know, nobody's <laughs> going to lose anything huge from, from not um, winning the show. It's still important to give people a great performance. Uh, it's still important to be the entertainer, best entertainer that you can be. Um, and so I'm going to take that with me. Like anywhere I go, everything I do, just do it at 110%. I love that. 110%. Yeah. 110% going into 2021. The new album from last year, All Love Everything. Sounds like that's a collection of music we need right now. Thank you so much, Aloe Black. This was a true pleasure. Love the show. Loved your performance. Love your music. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You know, we spent a lot of time, more than I would have liked, talking about that the Masked Singer, but I think it's important for people to understand how this show works and why artists that are in his caliber want to do this show uh, and why it's having the staying power it is. Because yeah. it's a dumb premise, and it and it leans into the fact that it's a dumb premise. We're going to take celebrities who have about a million better things they could be doing <laughs> and we're going to stick them in a mushroom costume. And, <laughs> or we're going to stick them in a in an uncut banana. Oh, God. In a peeled banana. <laughs> thinking about emojis. In, in a banana costume. Shut up. I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, hmm. Or they're going to do an eggplant next season. Just you watch. <laughs> or a peach costume. Anyway. Um, and now they have the mask dancer. So, which I think is really dumb. Because you could, I haven't watched it yet. But you can tell what somebody's voice is. The fun is to guess who the singer is singing different songs. Yeah. How are you supposed to guess who the dancer is? Who, who is dancing by their moves. But, yeah. you know, it's all in good fun, and fun is what we need during these crazy, crazy pandemic times. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we get back to touring uh, later this year, but uh, I don't know. It, it's scary out there, but uh, we, we definitely need to stay safe and have fun at the same time. So I'm glad these shows are out there, and, you know, they're able to figure out ways to still produce shows right now. Things are kind of delayed with uh, an uptick in cases in uh, Los Angeles County, but, uh, you know, at least we've got entertainment that uh, we can always find to stay fun. And shows like this, like you said, may be kooky, but they do bring a world of entertainment to people. Yes, they do. All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. And keep checking out themusicuniverse.com for the latest news and reviews, as well as weekend notes on YouTube and notable releases. And subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are heard. Take care. Uh -huh.